Let's give Jesus a mighty clap of praise. Ah, let's celebrate Jesus. Today is a day of joy. I said it is a day of joy. Somebody clap your hands and shout a big hallelujah. What a blessing. What a blessing. If we just closed and went home, I feel so blessed. I feel so excited. Let's appreciate our children. Let's appreciate them. And let's appreciate their teachers. Let's appreciate their teachers also. Those of you who missed the, the worship time, oh, you, you missed, you know, the praise and worship was awesome, you know, the, the recitals were on point, and, you know, the pastor who took a tight, he really took a tight. And then the MC, uh, and then the preacher. Hey! Wow. And what about the choir? Hey. Beautiful. And then those who dance, the choreography team also. Wow. Let's put our hands together for all the children. And also, let's celebrate all the parents in the house. Thank you for your massive cooperation. Amen. Let's be seated for a few minutes. I want to, I want us once again to appreciate all the teachers. Um, um, Lawyer Vida, if you are here with your team, all of you, please come forward. Let's acknowledge you. Are they coming? All the Sunday school teachers. Oh, where are they? Keep clapping for them. Keep clapping for them till they all get here. Come, come up. Where are the guys? Where is Francis? Oh, they are going to bring some children. All right. You know, some of them, when they come on Sundays, they go and bring some children from their homes to church. Yeah. yeah. So, so the guys are going to. Hey. Eske. Wow. Oh, yes. More, more teachers are coming. Put your hands together for them. So this is their leader. Is there anything you want to say to us? Uh, where's the mic? Give me a, mi a microphone. But they've done well, isn't it? So that's the uh, that's the leader. Um, she's what's her name? Vida. Yeah. Vida Odonko. 
She's a lawyer. She's a lawyer. That's my lawyer. We are three months because we're a lawyer. Amen. Yes. We would like to thank God for all that He's done through these little ones. And we wouldn't have been able to do this without you parents supporting us. And all those who gave in support of this program, we are saying that God richly bless you. Thank Amen. you. Amen. So in the second service, when all the teachers are here, we'll pray for you. All right. They are looking beautiful, isn't it? You see, when you get a teacher who makes time to teach your children the word of God, appreciate them. Yeah. And, and we deeply appreciate these wonderful teachers. And you know, what I like is when they come, we have a lot of the children in our Sunday school who, whose parents are not members of this church. You know, and the children sometimes will go for evangelism themselves. Last week, they went for, for some weeks now, they go for evangelism almost every Sunday. The children, the little ones. Yes, even yesterday they went for evangelism. Uh, and so they will go out to ev for evangelism. There are so many children in this community, they come to church. Their parents don't come to church here. But there was one particular child who, who used to cry to the mother that she wants to come to church here. The mother's church is around the place. So I told the mother, I told <laughs> you know, and some of our teachers, like you just heard them, are gone out. They are going to pick some of the children with their cars. They'll pick the children, bring them. After church, they take the children back home. Wow. Is it not a blessing? Amen. We appreciate them. But briefly this morning, I'm going to share God's word with us to top up with what the preacher of the day preach to us. <laughs> Amen. And so, if you are ready, let's pray. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you, Lord, for your favor. Thank you, Lord, for what you are able to do. And Lord, this morning we ask in Jesus' name, you will speak to us in a way we can hear and understand. And all the churches shall say, Amen. Oh, let me hear somebody say amen. amen. This morning we've used part of our time, so I'm not, we are not going to pray this morning. Hopefully in the second service we'll make some time to pray. All right. We are speaking briefly. I have just about barely 30 minutes to finish what I have to share. But we are going to talk about bringing in the harvest. Bringing in the harvest. Because there is a harvest on the way. God is giving us harvest as a church, as individuals. Get ready because your harvest is on the way. Oh, I thought you'd say an amen to that. I said your harvest is on the way. Harvest is, we are simply referring to growth. Or positive growth. Not every growth is positive. But in Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. Matthew 28 verse 19. The Bible says. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. So Jesus speaking made clear his mandate to his disciples. And his mandate was simple. That we are on this earth as Christians to go into all the world or go to all nations and make disciples of them. And this includes reaching our communities, reaching our cities, reaching our villages, reaching our towns, irrespective of who you are. And in this command, he was not speaking to people who had graduated from Bible school. He was speaking to his followers. He was not speaking to people who have just had a degree from Trinity Theological Seminary or Perez University College. He was speaking to Christians, which includes you and I. Jesus did not only call us to do something for us, but he also called us because there is something we are supposed to do for the kingdom. Amen? Oh, I said amen. There is something you and I are supposed to do for the kingdom of God. When God calls anybody, two things happen. There is what God wants to do for you, and there is what he wants you to do for the kingdom. Is somebody understanding what I'm talking about? And he's saying in this text that we are supposed to go everywhere and make disciples. May that commission burn in your heart like fire in Jesus' name. If you are in church, let me hear you shout a better amen. amen. Alright. Now, when increase comes, we must not abandon new converts. When God gives us increase, one of the things that we have been blessed with in this church is that on several occasions, we have received people who come to church and sometimes you ask them, uh, who invited you, who brought you, and sometimes they will say, oh, I came on my own. Several times, people will say, oh, I came on my own. Either I was passing, I saw a church here, or I heard of you, or I heard something, and then they came to church. But here this church, when people, when God gives us people, God knows that we have what it takes to take care of them. God knows that anything he gives to you, you have the capacity to manage it. And so, whatever it is, be it money. When God gives you money, he knows that you have the capacity to take care of it. When God gives you a wife, he knows you have the capacity to take care of it. Oh, sorry, to take care of her. When God gives you a husband, he knows you have the capacity to take care of him. And when God blesses you with children, like the kingdom kids we have here, he knows that you have the capacity to take care of them. If you are here with me, shout a big amen. And so, when God gives us souls, which he is going to give us in abundance. I said, God is about to give us in abundance. Because God knows that you and I have the capacity to take care of them. Amen. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 19, Galatians 4 19, Paul said, my little children, 
of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Paul was saying to the church that I travail in birth for you. Listen, if somebody brought you to church or you came to church on your own and you gave your life to Christ, whatever it is, you are a result of somebody's travail. Tell somebody, you are a result of my travail. <laughs> you know, on, on Friday, Friday night, I went to Apostle Randy's church. Um, we went to ordain the wife, a reverend minister. And he was saying in the church, you know, it was the wife that converted him. Uh, it was the wife that converted him when they were students. So the wife converted him to Christ. And then on Friday, he was ordaining the wife as a reverend minister. <laughs> Amen. But the point I'm making is that every one of us, we are a result of somebody's travail. We are a result of somebody. Either somebody was praying for us or somebody spoke to us. Somebody pushed us. Somebody encouraged us that you can serve God. Is there anybody here that have been a beneficiary of such before? If you are here like that, wave your hand, let me see. Somebody was praying for you. Somebody was asking you to go to church or something. Oh, let me see your hand if you are like that. Amen? And so, that is what God is also expecting us to do for somebody. And so, one of the means by which God is going to preserve the souls or the growth he's going to give us is this. And we've talked about it in the past few weeks. Talking about the home cell is one of the ways by which God is going to preserve that which he's going to give us. It is a container. It is a system that God is giving us to preserve the souls that he's going to give us. And listen, anybody who is a part of preserving God's people, God will also preserve your life. Okay, amen. I said, if you are part of preserving God's people, God will also preserve your life. You know this woman in the Bible called Rahab? Rahab, when you read the book of Judges, Rahab was a known prostitute in Jericho. And when the spies had gone to spy the land of Jericho, Joshua, Caleb, and co. And they, at a certain point, met Rahab because they were being looked for and Rahab hid them and then they escaped and made an alliance for them. You know what? As a result of that, what that prostitute did by preserving the spies or the people of God, guess what? Today, you can't talk about the history or the genealogy of Jesus and take out Rahab. Amen? Because of that singular act, Rahab's name, a prostitute's name is in the Bible. Not only is she in the Bible, but she's recorded as one of the people through whose genealogy Jesus Christ came from. So sometimes when God is using you to do things for people, doing things for his church, you may think it is in vain. But trust me, some years to come, you will reap the benefit of it and you will be excited because God will bless your life. Nobody does anything for God and it goes for free. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said, nobody does anything for God and God does not reward them. Whatever you do for God, God will reward you. 
may you receive your reward bountifully in the name of Jesus Christ. Tell somebody, God will reward you. When can you? I say, tell the person, God will reward you. Amen? But if you are not doing anything for God, you are not part of preserving anything in the house of God, what will God reward? Zero times one million is equal to what? The mathematicians in the house. Oh, talk to me. Zero times one million. Oh, so God is giving us a reward, a thousandfold reward. But you are she, you have zero. So when God multiplies your zero, what is it? Oh, are you sure? What if he multiplies it by 10,000? It's still zero. So look for one thing that God can reward you for. Tell somebody, get one thing that God can reward you for. Look into the face of the person. Look into the face of the person. And tell the person, get one thing that God can reward you for. And ask the person, do you have anything already? Hey! 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 The way I will. <laughs> eh? But you must get one thing that God can reward you for. The Bible says that he is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. Listen, I have been young, I am, but now I am old. David said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. God does not eat anybody's anything for free. God does not take anybody's strength for free. He doesn't take anybody's money for free. He doesn't take anybody's knowledge for free. Anything you give to God, he will multiply it and give it back to you, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Will it cause men to give unto you? I pray for you today. May you become an instrument to preserve souls in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your hand and shout a big hallelujah. So when we do sell, I've said it continually. We are not just doing it for ourselves. We are not just doing it for ourselves. It is not just about you. Huh? It's not just about you. But it is about others. It's about others. That somebody will come and find warmth because of you. Amen? The cell, like I defined previously, is a gathering of four to twelve members of a specific church, local church, who are committed to the functions of the local church, who meet weekly in the homes or in homes for the purposes of soul winning, edification, which is studying the Bible, fellowship, breaking bread, prayer, and care. So when we talk about the home cell, this is what we are talking about. Meeting the church in the homes of people. The church in your community. It is Zoeland in Dansuman, in that community. Amen? And already, those of you in Dansuman, the, the arrangement is there. We are having about five to six, seven cells from Dansuman roundabout to exhibition alone. About seven cells for you. Wherever you are, it shall be closer to you. Amen? Oh, and then some other areas. I mean, by the grace of God, unless you decide that God, I don't want to work with you. But if only you are willing, there will be a way out in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There are a few things I want you to understand. But before then, let me say this. 
that anytime God is going to bless people, he lays out a principle. Most of the times, charismatics, especially in Pentecostals, we are very used to miracles, and so we think that everything should be a miracle. But some of the miracles that happens, please listen carefully so that you don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But some of the miracles God gives us, he advances them to us in a principle. So, for example, when God is going to bless somebody financially, like I believe he's about to, I said, like I believe he's about to. So, when God is going to bless you, bless you financially, one of the things he asks you to do is to be hardworking. Tell somebody be hardworking. Or diligent. Don't be lazy. When God is about to bless you financially, he will give you something to do. That is one. He may open a door for you to work, but if you are lazy and you don't go to work, there is no food for a lazy man. Is it true or correct? <laughs> the second thing God will do is that he will start off by giving you little. And he expects you to be faithful or to show your faithfulness in the little he gives you. So, you start off. God gives you a hundred cities. He's waiting to see your faithfulness. If you are faithful in your tithes and your offerings, he moves you from hundred. You go to two hundred. By the time you see, you are five hundred. By the time you see, you are in the thousands. By the time you see, you are in the tens of thousands. Oh, by the time you see, you are in the hundreds of thousands. May God take you to the next level of your finances in the name of Jesus. Can I hear somebody say that amen again? This morning when I came, when we came this morning, a gentleman walked up to me and said that, he said, I'm so surprised. He said, God has changed my life. He said, I'm so surprised. He said, everything has changed. He said, since I walked into this house, everything has changed in my life. I said, God is about to do more. Listen, may you also have a miraculous testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I hear somebody shout the loudest, amen? But understand that anything God is about to do, he, he gives you a principle. Because some people think that, you know, the miracles of God must be magical. It's like, you wake up one morning and then you're a millionaire. No, it is not like that. God will take you through a process. God will give you precepts. God will show you a word. God will show you principles to follow. And through that principles, he will do what he has promised to do in your life. If somebody understand what I'm talking about? And, and you see, that's why as a church, sometimes we keep on talking about tithe. Because, see, if you're a Christian who don't pay tithe, and you think that, oh, you are okay, you are shortchanging yourself. Because if you were a tithe payer, whatever you're experiencing now, Believe you me, it would have experienced more of it and it will not only end with you, it will go to the generations after you. May your wealth, may your blessing trickle down to your children and your children's children. If you are here with me, lift up your hand and shout a big amen. amen. But if God is going to bless us as a church, one of the things he will do is that he will give us principles. And I want us to talk briefly about some of the things. Number one, the church of Jesus was born to accommodate growth. That's the first thing you should know. And as a Christian, you were born to accommodate growth. 
in the book of Genesis, when God was giving the mandate to man, he said, be fruitful and multiply. So there is something in man that must accommodate growth. Man was not born to be static. When your life is not progressing, something is not adding up. If you give birth to your child, and after three years, your child is still, you know, not crawling, not walking, or something, you will begin to look for medical help. Is it true? Oh, talk to me, church. Is that true? Because there is something in man that must grow. So, in the same way, understand that you are wired, you are, wired, you are made in a way to accommodate growth. That is why anytime our lives are diminishing, you begin to feel uncomfortable because there is something in you. God created us to accommodate growth. And as a church, we were born to accommodate growth. Amen? Oh, I said amen. amen. We are born to accommodate growth. So please take note of this. And don't settle for less. Have you real? I don't know about you, but have you realized that when you do something over and over again and the thing is not growing, you begin to get frustrated or you begin to lose interest? You know, have, have you ever experienced that before? If you have, let me, let me see your hand. Wave your hand, let me see. You've been doing business and the business for the past 10 years, Otim, the Otim, it's not going forward, it's not going back, it's just there. You feel uncomfortable, isn't it? And there are people in life, the only thing that is growing in their lives is their age. That's the only growth you have seen. Is that your age changes. I pray in the name of Jesus. May that story change in Jesus' name. But as a church, we are born to accommodate growth. And there is one thing we need to know. That as a church, we are in a season of expansion. That is the age the church is in. Malachi chapter 4 verse 1 says, Malachi 4 1, it says, But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow into it. And people shall what? Church, can I hear your voice? People shall what? People shall flow into it. He said it shall come to pass that in the last days. Are we in the last days? Oh, talk to me. Are we in the last days? So in the last days, this is what we must be expecting. That the mountain of the Lord's house, which is the church, shall be exalted above all the mountains, above the nations, and people shall flow into it. May there be a release of this prophetic word in the name of Jesus Christ. And in your own life, because you represent the church in your community, may you be on top and never beneath in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Look at this. In Acts chapter 2 verse 41, it says, And they that gladly received this word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. In Acts chapter 4 verse 41, we see, that in one day, 5,000 were also added again. So, all I'm trying to say is that the church was born, we were made to accommodate growth. We were made to accommodate growth. So, smallness is not our portion. 
Everybody say, smallness is not my portion. Come on, shout it. Let it leave you. Say, smallness is not my portion. Are you sure of what you are saying? Shout it again. Say, smallness is not my portion. Say, it is not our portion. Say, I was made for abundance. And I am about to grow. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am about to increase. Tell your neighbor, as the church is increasing, I am increasing. Shout a big amen. amen. Number two, the cell system has no substitute for a large church. The cell system has no substitute for a large church. It means that for a large church, for our church to grow, to become large, we cannot substitute anything with a cell system. There's no substitute. It is the way. It is what? It is what? The way. It is the way. Amen? If God is going to bring multitudes and God is going to bring salvation of souls to many, the way to go is what we are talking about. There are some of the people who live with you. There is a certain child of yours who has vowed never to come to church. Trust me, the cell will catch them. Amen. I said the cell will catch them. There are people in your community, there is that cousin, your husband, your wife, who is making stubborn. But trust me, the cell system will catch them and will arrest them for Jesus Christ. Amen. Number three, the strategy of the Holy Spirit, the cell is a strategy of the Holy Spirit to save and to sustain souls. Hmm? Yeah. And there is something very interesting we are going to do. Be- and uh, I'll be, uh, before I close, I'll let you know it. When we, uh, you see, our cell system is not just going to be a place where we go to pray and then, no. It's going to be one of the most interesting groups you have ever found yourself in in your entire life. Is that a clap you are clapping? Yeah. It's going to be a very, very interesting group. Very, very interesting group. Amen. But it's a strategy of the Holy Spirit to save souls and to sustain them even as the church grows. In Acts chapter 7, verse 38, you know, this is, there is something about the Bible. It it calls the Old Testament or the congregation of Moses the church in the wilderness. It says, this is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spoke with him on Mount Sinai. You know, so Moses then was having a problem, just like a church will have a problem. The Holy Spirit's inspiration to solve the problem, sustain them, and to keep them, even as they were growing, was to use the small group systems. Amen? So, why must we have the cells? Look at Romans chapter 16, verse 11. Romans 16, 11, quickly. It says, 16, verse 1. 16, verse 1. Romans 16, verse 1. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is in Krishna. In verse 2, he says, 
that ye receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you, for she had need of you, for she has been a soccer of many and unto myself also. Now, this sister called Phoebe was one of the people who had a church or probably was in a small group. Paul was saying that she has become a bastion of hope for many people. Receive her because she needs you at a certain time. Now, in Exodus chapter 18 verse 23, the Bible says that if thou shalt do this thing and God command you so, what is the thing he was talking about? Jethro's advice that break the people into smaller groups. If you do this as God is commanding you to do. So one of the things you must know is that it is the commandment of God that we meet to encourage one another, strengthen one another, edify one another, pray for one another, oh, and advise one another, hold one another's hand so that together we can rise and become somebody in life. Can I hear somebody say a big amen? Oh, let me hear somebody say a better amen. amen. Philemon chapter 1 verse 2 talks about the church in the house of Aphia and Archippus. There was a church in their house. Aphia or Apia. And Archippus. Amen? So, it is, when we talk about a cell, it is not one of the church's programs. It is not a church program. It is, it is a church. Tell somebody the cell is a church. And you must belong to the church. Amen? Oh, I said amen. amen. So, there are a few things we are going to talk about. Briefly, a few minutes. Ah, Rebani, what's happening? My time says are five minutes. But we have almost 30 minutes to nine. I think <laughs> is there anything after the children? Do they have any other thing again? Okay, then please. Because ah, the way I was running. Are you? All right. So, let's read the scripture together. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16. Ephesians 4 16. It says, Ephesians 4 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. All it's trying to say is that we are all different parts in the same body. That's what we are trying to say. Amen? Tell somebody, you are part of the body. So, the Bible calls the church the body of Christ. Now, every human body has different parts. You have an ear. Is the ear important to the body? Are you sure? Uh, and then, you have a hand. Is the hand important? Are you sure? Both hands, are they important? What about those who are either lefty or something? The other hand is also important. Uh, so, every part of the body is important. And it's together 
that the body functions normally. So, as we sit down here, not no one person has everything. When we come together, what makes our services unique and what makes Christian church service unique is that we come to receive from the different strengths of people. Different strengths of people. And so we come, and sometimes when you go to the home cell, that is when you begin to see that, oh, somebody actually could have been the eye. Somebody is the leg. Somebody is it. So by the time we come together as a people, then we begin to edify ourselves in the love of God. Amen? Oh, I said amen. There are things we are going to do if we are going to grow as a church. And God is going to use a cell to make us grow. And I want us to go over them quickly. I've had to skip some part of it so that we can finish on time. I want the children to be able to have enough time as well as they did in the first service. Number one, we are going to use ourselves for outreach. Somebody say outreach. Outreach is simply reaching the unreached. What it simply means is that we are reaching the unreached. How many of you left somebody in the house or in your community who is not a Christian? You know somebody like that in your community. This morning, as you are in church right now, there is somebody like that in the community or in the house. Wave your hand at me. Let me see. Wave your hand at me. Oh, the rest of you, you are, why? You don't know anybody like that in your community. Oh, wave your hand at me. Let me see. All right. Now, one of the things that should never happen to us is that we go to heaven and God demands the blood of any of these people from us and we don't have an answer. According to the book of Ezekiel, God will definitely require the blood of all such people from our hands. That is the truth. You see, that brother in your house who is not saved, when he dies and you go to heaven, if he goes to hell, God will require his blood from your hands. The only answer we can give is that we did what we were supposed to do. That is the only way we clean our hands from their blood or do we clean their blood from our hands. But until then, if you see your child taking a path that will lead them to hell because they are not Christians and you are not interested in drawing them close to God, we are committing a sin. And for every Christian, this is what we must know. Christianity is not all about God giving us money and God giving us physical blessings. We have an assignment. Our assignment is to reach the unreached. I thank God for every blessing and everything is given to us. May he give us more. But trust me, none of those things will take us to heaven. In fact, the dress you are wearing today, no matter how much you love it, the best, the, the farthest that dress can take you is to your grave. Beyond your grave, it will not be needed anymore. Is somebody understand what I'm talking about? And so, within or with these cells, we are supposed to make an approach and to reach and to make an outreach, reach the unreached. 
There are people that sometimes we struggle talking to them. But this is going to make it very simple to us that you can easily invite somebody and say, oh, we are having some get-together in that house. Can you, can you follow me? Let's go. It, it's a what? It's a get-together. It, it, no, but it's a get-together. Isn't it a get-together? Yeah. It's a get-together. We're at chatty. Huh? We're at chatty. And then when the person comes, we give the person a, a glass of Coke or whatever it is, refresh the person. But then we take the opportunity to share the word of God with the person and at least the person can also give their lives to Jesus. So that you and I will also have a soul in heaven. One day when we appear in heaven, hey, there are many people who will be surprised because you will see a soul you want. You probably met the person once, but you see the person in heaven because you sow the seed of Jesus Christ in the person. If you are here with me, clap your hands and say a big amen. We are going to do evangelism and visitation, which is our priority. Who are we visiting? We are visiting fellow brethren, fellow church members. Because of this, it will be easy for us to know who this person is, where this person is, so that at least we can get to fellowship with them. Amen? Dr. Yongicho said, a church that does not engage in vigorous evangelism is a dead church. Any church which is not evangelizing, it's a dead church. The church is dead. Thank God we are a church that is alive. Uh, I said, this is a church that is alive. Come on, if you're alive, let me hear you shout amen again. But in evangelism, we have to be creative. We have to be creative. Very, very creative. There are things right on the scripture. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to 6. But because of time, let me quickly move. We can read it later on. One of the things we have to be creative and do is friendship evangelism. Friendship evangelism. Everybody say with me, friendship evangelism. Say friendship evangelism. What do we mean by friendship evangelism? This is evangelism that you start by showing to people you care. You care. Making friends. And especially for those of you who find it very easy making friends. Oh, one of my children. In fact, two of my children. Anywhere you put them, by the time you come back, they have made friends with everybody there. <laughs> it's, it's serious. It's serious. But we, may, we do friendship evangelism by first of all showing people that we care. And listen to me. Some of you, where you work, the community where you live, you don't talk to anybody. You go out, when you come back, then you go into the house. Then you go out, you come back, your workplace, when you come, you sit behind your desk, then you make your face like you have been baptized with. Kode. You don't attract anybody to Christ. So friendship, show people you care. When you meet people, greet them. Before we start the cell, from today, when you get to your community, greet people. Tell somebody, greet. Ah, greeting is free, isn't it? Isn't it free? Yes, and greet with a smile. Not the type of greeting that me, I'm only obeying bishop. So you meet a person. Good morning. Say, hey, 
how are you? Sometimes just spend like one minute. You say, how, how, how are things? How, how, are the, how are the children doing? So, what's going on? Hey, we need to meet and talk one of these days. So, friendship. Amen? And show yourself friendly in your community. Show yourself friendly in your community. I'm showing you how you can easily win your community because we are supposed to win our community. Amen? Be friends with your neighbor. The one in your, the, if you live in a compound house, don't fight the people in the compound house. Don't fight them. Every day, now, every time, tell somebody, you see, some, some people, they say, hey, Oh, so quite, sorry. Oh, and they may have another. Because they know the way you are, but it is changing in the name of Jesus Christ. Please smile. If you don't smile, the people will think that you are the one we are. I'm talking about. So just smile. Hmm? Each cell, every week, once you belong to a cell, every week, you must at least endeavor. To win a soul, one soul, the whole cell. Mm? Because we do the cell, we invite our friends to join us in the cell, and then we invite them to church. Trust me, if you can be a good and a friendly person, there is nobody in your workplace or in your community that you cannot win. You can win anybody at all. You can win anybody because you're a nice person. You're a nice person. You, you know, you are friendly and all of that. But every cell, one week, one soul. Hmm? Please, I'm not a politician. I'm just preaching the word of God. When I say one week, one soul, it's not a political promise. <laughs> it's an assignment. Somebody say amen. Yeah. In Ghana now, when you say one something, one something, then people begin to look at you like, you, very soon you'll be lying. <laughs> This is what we are supposed to do. The purpose of the home self, home self should be evangelism. This thing should register in our minds. That our assignment is to win souls. Everybody say, my assignment. Say it again. Say, my assignment towards Christ and the church is to win a soul. I will win souls. So help me God. Amen? Is the friendship evangelism easy to do? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm asking you. Is it, is it easy to do? Yes. Children, do you, do you have friends? Yeah. So can you, can you invite your friends and tell them that we are doing something in church, so come to church? Yeah. Trust me, and the children, they do it better. May you receive grace to convert your friends to become Christians in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? And then another thing we do is to engage in serious, wholehearted evangel um, visitation. Visitation. When people visit church, we must find a way to ambush them. 
ambushment, visitation. See, these things we are talking about, eh? when you go to heaven, you will see that these are the things that will give you marks. It will never be any of the things we did for ourselves. Oh, whether you went for vacation in Western region or you did what or you bought a new dress. None of those things will count. What will count is what we are talking to you about. So, we must learn how to call people. Somebody visits a cell. Let's say we have a cell of four. We have four people in a cell. Myself, Lady Jifa. Hey, you know, Wednesday was her birthday. We, we cut a cake in church on Wednesday. Amen. And she's looking. Uh, the birthday, we chopped it from morning to night. Yes. Oh, we chopped, we chopped the birthday. Yes. We chopped the birthday for her. So let's say I'm in a cell with her, Reverend Pani, and Lady Aisha. And I invited a friend to come to church. Once the friend comes to the cell, the cell meeting, automatically, this new person becomes the friends of all these three people as well. So, Monday, Lady Aisha called this new person. Tuesday, Reverend Pani has called. Wednesday, Lady Jifa has called. Do you think that such a person would desire to go somewhere? Oh no, talk to me. You think this person wants to go somewhere? But when this new person comes and everybody, you know, ah, you're welcome. Okay, I'm going Okay. And nobody cares again. I mean, the atmosphere becomes hostile. May God give us grace to engage people. Amen? Oh, I said amen. And sometimes when people come, either in church or the home cell, look for what you can also do to add to their lives. There are times when you can do something little to add to their lives. For some people, all they may need is for you to give them some, maybe, maybe a nice shirt. Because the person comes and you see that this one is a hustler. Sometimes all you can do is to help the person get a job. Tell the person that, look, let's help you get a job. And in this church, we have helped many people to get jobs. Amen. Yeah, and we, we are still doing it. And we are still working on helping people to get jobs. I mean, sometimes, personally, I take people's CVs, make phone calls. I call this person, call this person, call this person. I need a job for this person. Why? Because this is a family member. They must work. You know me so? Yeah. So you too, if you are here and you know there is a job somewhere, come and tell us. Because even as we speak right now, there are people looking for jobs. Am I talking to somebody here? Yeah. We are people who are accountants in this church who are looking for jobs. We are people who are whatever, who have degrees. Some have finished poly. Some have finished SS. Oh, they have finished something. They want a job. Does somebody understand what I'm saying? But look for what you can do to add to such a person's life. Somebody comes among you. You could ask the person. It, it must not always be physical that you give the person dress. Or so. No. Sometimes too, the person doesn't need prayer. Sometimes what the person needs is look of you. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? But be concerned. Be concerned. Let people, let's make people know that we love them and we care about them. Amen? Oh, I said amen. 
if we do our visitation well, we will get most of the people who visit the home cell to come back again. And um, are we on, 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 we're on Facebook, eh? I was going to say something, but one of the things we are going to be doing is that once every month, we are going to have an area meeting. So once every month, all the cells in Dansuman, you meet in one particular location. Maybe today, this month, we meet in um, Ante... Where's your cell? Um, what's the name of that area? Sahara. Maybe we meet in the Sahara place. The next month, we move to exhibition. So when we meet together, all the cells, we meet together there. Then you break bread. You eat. When you finish eating, then you go out into the community. You talk to people. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it's going to be very, very competitive. Yeah. Because by the time we move the cells from this location to that location, we want to see who was the best host. Who was the best host? Who prepared Gigi to bring to the cell meeting? <laughs> That's just a joke. <laughs> Amen? But at least there must be something that makes us know that, look, we are a family. Is somebody understanding what I'm talking about? If you're here with me, let me hear you say amen. Oh, I said, let me hear somebody say a better amen. By this, will preserve the saints. Preserve a lot of saints. There are people who have fallen away from the faith who shouldn't have fallen away. There are people who started off as Christians, but they ended up drunkards, one thing or the other. Shouldn't have happened. Yes, we can blame it on the devil, but also as a church, we must learn to take the blame for some of the things. And sometimes, as a Christian, you must know that this one, it was my fault. I could have done better. Because if I don't see somebody, and I've not seen somebody for two weeks, and I've not asked of the person, then something is wrong. But now, it has to be easy for you, because in that cell, maximum number, you are 12 people. 12 people there. You should know the person's name. You should know the person's number. Ask somebody, do you know my name? Oh, no, no. Ask the person for me. Do you know my name? What did the person say? Huh? No. Let me see how many knows. You don't know the person's name. No, no. Let me, wait down. Let me see. You don't know the person's name. Okay, so ask the person the name right now. Ask the person for your name. Tell the person what is your name. Ask the person. Have you asked the name of the person? Bismarck, you are asking his name. You've been in the same church with him for how many years now? You are not asking his name. Ask the person, do you know my number? Missy Bisano, who did Bisano say, do you know my number? What did the person say? No. Okay, so take your phone. Oh, I'm serious. Take your phone. Take your phone right now. Take your phone. Hurry up, hurry up. So phone, so phone, so phone. And tell the person, please give me your number. Yeah. Take the person's number. Yeah, I see some of you taking numbers. Yes, take the person's number. 
Now tell the person, I will call you today or tomorrow. Eh, and then the man too, Pacho, can you hear? Tell the person, I will call you. Huh? When are you calling the person? Between today and tomorrow, when are you calling the person? No, tell the, give the person the time you call them. Don't, don't promise the person to not call you. Call the person. I know you are wondering, when I call, what am I going to say? Just tell the person, I was just calling to see how you are doing. Uh, I just want to know how you are doing. Is it a good idea? Oh, talk to me, church. Is it a good idea? Yeah. You see, some of you, you've taken the number of somebody. For all you know, it means this person who will help you to get a certain job you have been looking for. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. For some of you, that sister whose number you took, it is that sister who may become your friend, and that sister will introduce you to another person, and that person will introduce you to another person, and by the time you see, the person have introduced you to your husband-to-be. Amen? So, ask the person the last question for me. Ask the person, do you know where I live? Huh? Do you know where he lives? You don't know where he lives. Have you asked the person? I'm waiting for you. Did you ask the person? Hey, how are you, ma? <laughs> awesome. In a wheelchair. So tell the person where you live. Tell the person where you live. Have you told the person? All right. When we close church, eh? All right. Stay with me. Stay with me. When we close from church, don't be in a hurry to leave. Spend at least three, five minutes and talk to the person. What do you talk about? Talk about anything. Huh? You can talk about football. You can talk about... No, no. Don't talk about Chelsea in this church. <laughs> it's a bad team. Obu, <laughs> uh, but you can talk about football, you can talk about church, you can talk about work, you can talk about family life, you can talk about anything. But when we close, spend at least three to five minutes and have a conversation with a person. Is that a good idea? Oh, church, talk to me. Is that a good idea? Give Jesus a mighty clap of praise. Amen. You see, the person, sometimes, eh, I remember, let me, let, me, let me give you this testimony. Have I told you before how I met Mr. Kofi? I've not told you before. Maybe, maybe you've forgotten. All right. The man I named my first son after. My first son is called Maxwell. I named him after him because I never wanted to forget that man. When we married, even before we married, as a young Christian, that man was like, a father I never had. He's like, he's my godfather. I met him, and let me just tell you how I met him. Those days in circle, small prayer warrior, I made a friend just like this, casually in church. 
That friend of mine is called Isaac Payal. Yeah. I'm a very close him. Jane, you know Payal? All right. And so we became friends. And then one day he told me he was going to pray for, he was going to visit. He was in the counseling department then. So this man had come to church with his family and he was going to visit them. So we went together. So when we went together, we prayed. And then when they were praying and things like that. And one day I gave the man a prophecy. It was so direct. So we became friends. One thing led to the other. And then later on, we became very, very close. There were things God used to do, him to do in my life. There were things God used me to do in his life. But it became like almost so inseparable. He's an elderly man, so he's an elderly friend. He became an elderly friend. And so sometimes I was living at Audome Estates. The man was living at Swan Lake. So every, almost every day we're seeing each other. Then gradually, apparently he, he even knew my wife from also a different place. So when I went to Bible school, this man would travel. He would bring me shoes. He would bring me dress to wear. So you see how it was happening now. So God was now using this man to meet my needs. When we married, things were tough. This man were like his children. He would take care of our home, take care of us, everything. The only thing I never did was that. He would always tell me, anytime you need something, come and tell me. That one, I never asked him for anything. <laughs> but any, I would rather pray that God should use him, you know, God should speak to him. And so, up to today, we be, become almost like a family. Yes. I mean, when my wife was pregnant, I couldn't afford money for Antinental. This man would give us money. Oh, he would buy. I, I can't name it. But I only met him. There is no way I would have met him directly. It's a friend I made in church who introduced me to this man. And then today, we have become a family. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? So, some of the people you meet in church, it may not even be them, but it might be that through them, you will meet that destiny helper. So, tell your neighbor, take me serious. Take me serious. Yeah. No, no, tell the person, take me serious. And tell the person, I may help you, I may help you one day. Yeah. So, tell the person, man, you're a guy, man, you're a guy, I'm so... <laughs> and I tell the person when I call you, pick your phone. Yeah. Isn't it a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> my one of my sons, no, no, not even one. Almost all our children, they have these friends. You know, the, the the little one during vacation, a friend of his came home, spent, and I told them, I said, when you have a, any time you make a friend, bring the person. I want to see your friend. The reason is because if the person is a good friend, I encourage you to keep that friend. Oh, one day. You see, President Okufuado, he has classmates. You think that his classmates will be hungry. If they related with him well, you think they'll be hungry. But if you don't relate well, oh no, 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 <laughs> Amen? So, 
Church is supposed to be a blessing. And that is what we are going to do. There is one thing I'm going to ask of you. There are so many of you here. You have the potential and the capacity to be a blessing by being a leader. You know very well that you can do that. But you are always hiding. But how long are you going to hide? How long? How long are you going to hide? Pastor Sally, how long will you hide? You are not hiding. <laughs> uh, ask your neighbor for me, how long will you hide? How long are you going to hide? Can you imagine if Reverend Pani was hiding in the church? By now, he's sitting somewhere in the corner of the church. A lot of the people you have been a blessing to, they wouldn't have been blessed. That's the truth. See the marriages you have officiated. See the kind of work you have done. None of those things would have been done. Are you understanding the point I'm making? And there are so many of you who have to stop hiding. Stop hiding. Stop hiding. Some of you have dreamt you've seen Jesus. Some of you have dreamt you've seen angels. Some of you dream you are holding a Bible. Some of you dream. And after all of that, you are still hiding. May the Holy Ghost smoke you out like pussy. May he bring you out like pussy. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Some of you, too, when we bring you out, then you go back to the hole. Amen. Amen. You know, and, and there are some of you, you have space in your house. That can be a blessing. You know, when we are talking about cell, we don't need, we don't need a whole auditorium like this. No, no. It, it could be your veranda. You know, it could be your veranda. Maybe if you don't want us to come inside, that's fine. That's fine. We, we could just manage with the veranda. As long as there is space. Even now, after it's better, fresh air. You know, or your living room or something. It, sorry? Yes, maybe in your house there is some compound there. There is a tree there. We can sit under the tree to have the cell meeting or something. You know, and these opportunities are there. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want to be a blessing and volunteer either yourself? Some of you can volunteer your, both yourself and your space. Somebody said, oh, maybe I have the space, but I, mean, I can't be a cell leader. The fact that you have a space is enough. You don't need to be the cell leader. So if you don't have the capacity to be the cell leader, somebody else can be. But at least your house can be used. Is it a bad idea? No. Oh, talk to me, church. Is it a bad idea? No. So quickly, before I close my sermon this morning, if you are here, you can either volunteer a space in your house or you can volunteer yourself to be a cell leader. I have some few forms. The ushers, We'll bring it around. Ushers, I've mentioned ushers. You are still, please stand. Why are you hiding, ushers? Why are you hiding? <laughs> Amen. If you're like that, wherever you are, just take a form from the usher. Take a form from the usher. Yes. Yes. Take a form from that usher. Yes. Yes. You can, sorry? Yes. So the forms are two. One is for you to be a host. So maybe I'm giving my space. And the other one is for you to be a leader. If you want both, they will give you both forms. But if you just want to give your space, that is fine. You can take the host form. If you want to just be a leader, that is fine. You can take the leadership form. Amen? When we close, I'll see you. Eh? Yeah.
Yes, for those of you doing already. Oh, for those of you doing already, amen. Amen. Yeah. So quickly, quickly. Don't, don't, don't shy away. Hmm. We may even take your house, and by the time we have started using the thing, Jesus would have come. But at least it will be on record that you gave your house. Yeah. So give something. Hmm? Give something. Tell somebody, give something. Yeah. Give something. How are you? Yeah. Give something. And fill the form now. Yeah. He's calling you. Charlie, why are you hiding, Usher? Ah, give something. Yes. Another one. Hey, how are, hey, how are you? It's been a while. Oh. Yeah, I saw you last week. Huh? Yes, 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 yes. I saw you last week. Nice. Hey. Where's your sister? She's enjoying the marriage, oh. She's marrying too much. Oh, yes, face, Roger Mewa. Oh, I'm not going to have a more. Oh, hey, for me. Eh, man, 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 you know. Charlie, I'm not going to have a more quickly. Oh, Jamela, it's more Jamela. You're pure trouble, Lulu. Yeah, Adabraka. Oh, they have a nice this thing there. Me and Brian, we used to go there some years ago. It's been a long time. I'm a few rare, rare, wunu. Hey. Oh, you know, van up with quick. Kajame. Kajame. All right. Please fill the form. Let's have it back quickly. Let's have the form back. And then we can we can close. Mekosu masumu. Wonu kwarimu. Minimu se. Mejuma Eri Oshas, have you collected the forms back? Do you have the forms back? Yes. Please fill it. Let's have it back right now. I want it back now. Now, 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 now. Amen. God bless. Are you blessed this morning? Uh, I said, are you blessed this morning? If you are blessed, give Jesus a mighty clap offering. Amen. Yes, I have it here. I've written it in my book. Amen. So, bow our heads quickly and pray. If you are here this morning, and you've heard the word of God, but you are, not, you are not saved. You know you're a sinner and you want your sins forgiven. I want you to lift up, lift up one hand as I pray with you. If you want your sins forgiven, is there any hand up? If you want your sins forgiven, please lift up one hand. All right. Amen. Let's all rise to our feet. Let's all rise to our feet if there's none. Is there anybody here for the first time today? Any first timer here? Oh, awesome. Put your hands together for 
Our brother. Yes, can you please come? Can you please? If you are here like that, take your Bible, take your bag, whatever you came with and come to me here. Whatever you came with, take it and come to me in front here. Let's put our hands together for them as they are coming. Mini Musa, face me. Majuma. God bless you for coming. We appreciate you. We love you. Can you feel the love? You can feel the love. All right. Nice. Please follow this gentleman. He has something to tell you before you leave. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Let's appreciate them with a mighty clap. Hallelujah. Take out your second offering. Hey, Lift up your offerings, please. Take out your quality offering. Father, thank you for the seed in our hands. We receive it with a hundredfold returns. In Jesus' name, amen.